The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. No one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. And an incredible revelation is coming about right now. The faith that was beginning to extinguish itself, we know at Medjugorje, began to turn around. All right, his purpose was to come to give us faith, to strengthen our faith, to put our faith back in God. And it's growing. She said once, in this holy time. And yet we see the degradation of the culture, degradation of everything. And what's happening? This is beautiful. This is a big revelation. Faith is beginning to extinguish itself in the system. That was a friend of Medjugorje on December the 10th, 2011. Welcome to Medjugorje. As many of you know, a friend of Medjugorje is with our pilgrimage group in the village of Medjugorje. You heard him last night on the Radio Wave broadcast speak about Our Lady's latest message. In tonight's broadcast, which is from December the 10th, 2011, and he covers a lot of topics with us tonight, but most importantly, he shares with us the one thing that we have to accept in our lives. So here's a friend of Medjugorje, December the 10th, 2011. It's always good not to know what you're going to talk about because if it's bad you know it's you if it's good it's the Holy Spirit. 
But I did grab something from my office when I found out I was going to talk that I said in France, and that it was transcribed, and I was really asked a question. I gave them the talk, and then they were interested in what I thought about France, because I've been there many times. And so this was transcribed, and I normally don't read what I say, but because it was just impromptu, I thought it might be applicable for us today. And the question was, we had been to Normandy that day, or in Normandy, we'd been there all day, and we came there that afternoon or that evening to talk to these people. They asked me what I did that day and what I thought about it, where I was. So I told them, and really we'd been to the cemetery and to Omaha Beach. So this is transcribed, I'm just going to read it to you. Today, every opportunity, when we go somewhere, we're always taught by Our Lady many things. And so we went to Normandy today, on the beaches of Normandy, to Omaha. In the cemetery, and it's incredible there to me that there's 10,000 American soldiers buried. Every one of them have two things upon it. They either have got a cross or they got a Star of David. Out of those 10,000, it was a question whether they were Christian or not. They didn't wonder if they were going to church, whether they lived a good life. Whereas the culture knew they need the cross. And most of those soldiers, even if they weren't going to church, wouldn't object to that. There is one way to salvation, and that's through the cross. We don't have to apologize for that. We as Christians and Catholics have vacated our position in the culture. Atheism doesn't have the same ground to stand on as we do. France is a Catholic country. The United States is a Christian nation. And we just give this away. We stopped at a church today. And the historical record said that the state took this church in 1905. I don't have the mentality to how would you allow this state to take this church? This is Christianity. This is our church. And just as we put crosses on every grave out there and then ask them if they're believers or not, all non-believers need the cross. And it's because Christians have vacated and rejected the cross that God has allowed it to be taken from us. And so this culture that's rejecting the cross is going down. I encourage you I know there's things in our town in Alabama. I don't go see it. They're historical. And it's our human nature not to go out there to that cemetery near you an hour away because you know it's there. You can always go there. So you don't go there. But go there. Pray some rosaries there. Make a spiritual retreat. Walk in those graves and meditate on what happened to us. They said the oldest soldier there, buried, is 24 years old. We're here because of that. But we're not just here because of that, but because we lived in a life back then that understood what the cross meant. And we don't understand the value of the cross and the power of the cross today. All because we vacated, we put it down, Satan's taken over. Our lady just said, August 2nd, 2011, 
The evil that wants to begin to rule in this world and destroy it. But through Jesus, with him, with her, we can stop it. So we don't have the fiber of the early Christians. We don't have the fiber of Christians in the 40s. They could care less about your rejection of the cross if you didn't want it on your grave there. You're going to get one. I'm not saying to force a cross on somebody. By no means. We have to live the Christian life that people will be embarrassed by rejecting the cross by our holiness. That's what we've lost is holiness. What swears swears in front of Mother Teresa or cursed in front of her. Her holiness binded them. I saw President Clinton in Colorado with Pope John Paul II. John Paul standing right here. President Clinton standing right there. President Clinton's big for abortion. John Paul standing right in the presence condemning abortion and murder of abortion. You know what Clinton's doing? He had his hands folded, real humble, and he's shaking his head, yes. The light binded the darkness. We don't have to force the cross on somebody. We have to live in such a degree, they won't dare come disagreeing with us. But they got the power because we live mediocre Christianity. Our Lady said, holy martyrs died witnessing. I am a Christian. Does that come across to everybody you meet in your life? Your charity, your love, your forgiveness? And that's what came to me today, just in these beaches of Normandy, just in this cemetery. Our Lady says, go into nature. There's nature there. It's creation, and it will speak to you. I challenge you, just plan a trip by yourself and just go there three or four hours out there to meditate, reflect, and think. Go into these messages. There's a lot of lady wants for you to do. I never dreamed I'd be doing what I'm doing. I never dreamed the difficulties I would have to go through. But once you've fallen in love with Our Lady and work for her, what else can you do? So don't be measured in your response to her. Don't be reserved. When she asks you to consecrate yourself to her, she owns you. You don't own yourself. January 1st, 2001, Maria was asked by Our Lady to go to the mountain on a cold January night. Our Lady tells her, now when Satan is unchained. But did you catch what Our Lady said? Because Satan's unchained, your only protection, Our Lady's response was, now when Satan is unchained. And then she tells you what to do. Consecrate yourself to me, my son. And she possesses what he can't have. But he sure will make your life miserable. It's so important to do daily consecrations. Of course, these French people were very moved by this. Two or three years ago, over here in Pell City, they decided that they were not going to have crosses put up where people wrecked on the side of the highway anymore. They gave the typical excuse, and this is the Bible Belt. Oh, it's dangerous. It's hard to cut around. So we're not going to do it. That's what I read. 
But that's not the truth. The truth is the rejection of the cross. Within eight months, you know what happened up there? One of the major cemeteries was committed sacrileges there. Tombstones turned upside down. Graffiti. Through the whole cemetery. You don't want the cross, then you don't want good culture. You don't want the cross, you don't want to live good. Through all pain comes peace. Through all suffering, we're made better. We have no fiber. People are more convicted than we are with the cross. This mission actually started over a crucifix. They were going to put the resurrected Christ up in our church. They asked me to come speak because they knew I'd written something about the crucifix. This is really pre-Medjugorje, about three months. I went there, gave a talk. They had the priest up there, the nuns up there, the whole panel. They listened. The priest even comes to me afterwards and says, you know, you made some really good points. But we never connected. And we wasn't there to sit there and give our opinion or our thoughts They were in control. They had no plan to keep the crucifix there. They wanted to touch down Jesus. They just did that as a process to vet our views. Well, we've been heard. We got defeated. But that's not where we got defeated. We got defeated because we sin. We're not living the way we're supposed to live. Holiness does not get defeated. We're not a holy people. But I left there realizing they went in the back room and started laughing. Well, we let them vent. Now we do what we want to. Two weeks later, they did what they wanted to do. If they're doing that, then the city councils will do that. If the city councils do that, then the people ready to commit blasphemies will do what they do. We give it to them. It's through our hands. And so for those who haven't heard on Medjinomics the other day, something I gave impromptu like this talk the other day in France, was it came to me, Our Lady's crisis in coming to the world was because faith is in crisis. Not just crisis, she said literally, faith is beginning to extinguish itself. Can you imagine a world without faith? Take the segments of our culture today who have no faith and look what's happening to them. Look what happens to the cultures of the people who reject their faith. So we can determine at that point that we were on the verge of the extinction of faith in the world. That happened in Noah's time. It happened in Sodom's time. It happened throughout history on different occasions. What happened when faith extinguishes itself? The blessing we have that they didn't is the population is so huge, so many people would have gone to hell, that Our Lady would have suffered forever, forever, knowing so many of her children would have been lost in this age if faith would have extinguished itself. Let me go there, my son. I'm fed up. God the Father, let me go. It's over. Too many times I've come to them. And what they do in New York right there at the end of the 70s? They got a crucifix. They put it in art museums in New York. They put it upside down in a glass jar filled with pig urine. Where was the bishops? Where were the Catholics? Where were the Christians when they were tearing the temple up where they held that? We had no fiber. We'd gone to sleep. We'd been measurized. 
The Pied Piper was singing this tune, and we liked everything. The music, everything, the new things, the new technology coming our way. Measurized by what Satan was offering us, the new system. And our faith grew in that. PCs came after that. We could do everything. Our faith grew more and more in man, less and less in God. We don't need God. You've heard the story we've written about it. Preacher was talking about that man began to say, We don't need you, God. You're a necessary necessity. We used to need religion. Now we don't. We can't even make man. And God tells him, go ahead, make it. You do your thing and I'll do mine. So they went and got some mud. And God says, wait, 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 just a minute. Get your own mud. That's the arrogance we've become. Everything is from God. Every technology is from God. But because man delivers it to us, he packages it, we put our faith in him. And an incredible revelation is coming about right now. The faith that was beginning to extinguish itself, we know at Medjugorje, began to turn around. Right, its purpose was to come to give us faith, to strengthen our faith, to put our faith back in God. And it's growing. She said once, in this holy time. And yet we see the degradation of the culture, degradation of everything. And what's happening? This is beautiful. This is a big revelation. Faith is beginning to extinguish itself in the system. Everybody's wanting to get away from it. Everybody don't trust it. They don't have confidence every time it's going to be there anymore. Everybody, even non-believers, faith is mistrust in the system and the way of life we've had as we've known it. People are searching, well, how do I get away from this? Nobody wants to stand near a building that's crashing. An incredible transformation. No faith in God to transfer to faith in God and that faith is coming from what we used to have in man. And so the dollar, when that faith goes away, what happens to the dollar? When that faith goes away in the economy and these crazy investments and everything, people have been making money in the stock markets, what happens to it? It goes away. And everybody feels it is going away. Because it is. Because the faith in it is going away. It's faith-based. The dollar is about as faith. This dollar said we don't, we can't build with faith-based churches or anything faith-based. We can't be because separation of church and state. There's nothing more faith-based than a dollar that has nothing back in it. It's just paper. You just believe it's worth something. It's incredible. But ladies come to wake us up. Read Matthew 6 every Thursday. The more you read it, the more grace you get, the more you have vision, the more you can see. Hey, there's something wrong here. So we rejected the cross. And by rejecting the cross, we rejected everything that can save us. But now people are starting to accept the cross. I wrote a book that said, I don't like my cross. And it's about accepting the cross that God gave you. When suffering comes, who wants it? You've read the story in that, if you've read that booklet. About the guy who didn't like his cross. Now all he did was complain about it. An angel one day came and got him and said, I'm taking your cross from you. He took him up to heaven and he went down these hallways and all these warehouses with all these crosses all over it. He said, you go find a cross you like. 
So he goes up and down the aisles, back and forth, tries this and I don't like this, and try this and I don't like that one. Almost like a woman shopping for a dress. <laughs> Finally, he finds a cross. This fits. I like this cross. He said, that's the one you just returned. <laughs> the cross you get is the cross God gave to you. He's not going to give you but what you need to have. Don't reject the cross. Our lady says, there's great graces coming from the cross. Meditate on it. Actually, from the crucifix. The crucifix has power. If it didn't have power, they wouldn't be put in a jar like they did in New York. If they didn't have power, they wouldn't want it on the side of the road. If it didn't have power, even the people who write this garbage about vampires wouldn't be able to use the crucifix in front of one. The devil knows it's got power, and the Christians don't. What's happened to us? And what happens when you get a cross you don't want? What happens when you get a cross that's so difficult, so hard to take, that you don't think you can make it? You don't think you can bear it? We've got to be a biblical people that look at everything biblically. We've got to be a message people that look at everything through the messages, through Our Lady's eyes, with honesty, honest eyes, Our Lady just told us. And then you can see the glory of heaven. And you can be in the deepest sorrow, at the same time in the deepest peace. Our Lady wants you to walk in her messages in her name. Not in your name. She wants to possess you. You want to be possessed by the devil? Just go with the culture. I don't mean full-fledged demonic possession. We have so much non-belief in us. We're so touched by the culture that our lady says many Christians live as pagans. Not most of you, a few of you. Many. All of us have been touched by this great society that we're now losing faith in. Our Lady wants change. Our Lady will do whatever she has to do to save. With multi-purposes in that salvation. Who wants the cross? You don't know what awaits you in the next moment. You don't know what's happening right now. You don't know what's in play for you tomorrow or the next day. Our Lady said, be ready. The only way to truly be ready is to be Holy. Holiness, God's got you back. Unholiness, Satan's got you back and he's got you in the front. We live in too complex of a time, too complicated in its ways to fix our problems. What we need is God. God's the problem solver. God's the fixer. Not the way you want it. Not the way you want it to taste. When you give everything to him, when you consecrate yourself to him, that moves him in the possession of our ladies. We live in a wonderful time that few people in the history of the world have ever been able to live in. A lot of things to our favor. Past history always has the claim to say, well, you know, you did this God in that time, you did that. But he's always just. It seems an unjust time for people of the past of how they were dealt with as opposed to how we're dealt with. 
But in the past, they didn't have the deception that's in front of us. Satan didn't have the master tricks he's got right now. He's always been deceiving, just like he was in the Garden of Eden. But to be Christian today, I think you're good, is enough to give you condemnation. All of us who've gone to conversion, when we wake up and we look back on our past, we think, good grief, I can't believe what I was doing five years ago. So as you convert and as you change, you begin to see things. I've made so many mistakes. Sometimes we meet in our morning's prayer. We go out on the spiral staircase up here. And often we'll do our prayers after chapel. But then we've been up there before where I said, you, you, and you, and you. Go pack up. In two hours you're leaving to go to Medjugorje. Of course, they're shocked. And with Our Lady, it's this way. I never planned that we'd be talking about something like this. We never know how quick things come upon us. In her work, you never know what you'll be doing, where you'll be, who you'll be meeting, that'll be his family. Whether it's in Paris, France, some of the beaches of Normandy, whether it's been Ecuador, and people's homes were totally at peace there. I can go to any Medjugorje person that knows a lady that's been introduced, that's converted to there, and be in their house just like somebody that's related to me. Actually, more so. Because we have this mother. You try to go to your neighbor and say, I want to spend the night in your house tonight. I'm coming over to eat. <laughs> I mean, just think about your neighbors in your neighborhood. Is anybody there? Could you do that with any of them? But Medjugorje people, you know, I had a lady just fly from Paris from Lebanon just to meet with me. 7.30, we'd been going and going and going. I was flying out the next morning. She was supposed to be there at like 5.30 or 6, so we'd been eating at this other person's house. I says, let's go back. We're going back. And said, well, she hasn't come back here. I said, well, that's okay. He said, but she's flying in to meet you. I says, I thought she was just coming to Paris. He said, no, she's flying in just to meet you. So I stayed. She showed up at 9.30. We met for an hour and a half. And I've been on the phone several times since that time. There's some things that we're going to be doing. But we knew each other. Because her mother and my mother is the same mother. And there's an affinity together. We already know so many things we don't have to say. I can start a sentence, she can finish it. You can start a sentence, and I can finish it. Because our lady is growing us into what she just recently said, God's family. She's uniting us. One people. And who is she? She says, I come from the people. The first time in church history that the Catholic Church, Christendom, is going to be renewed through the laity. Many people are upset with the pulpit today. Real upset. And so you are important. You see the theme in our lady's second of the month message is when she says repeatedly, you do this, I want you to do this. This is what I see in your heart. This, this, this. And at the end she says, oh, pray for the shepherds. Well, weren't you just talking to them, Mary? No, she wasn't. The plan's not through them. It's like John Paul. In one of his talks, where the Dominicans and Franciscans were gathered with a bunch of laity. And he said the laity is going to renew the church. And the Franciscans and the Dominicans can help. <laughs> it is you who she says, be my apostles. It is you, our lady, says, be my apostles of love. 
It is you who are able to be my apostles of love and goodness. The will of the church is in our hands. It is a grave responsibility. And as I said in front of the building the other day, it's the burden of authority. It's a great burden. Burden because to purify you as the children of Levi, as Lewis de Montfort said 300 years ago, when Mary would be made known as no other time in history, to purify you, you've got to be carrying a cross. That burden gives you authority. Authority speaking on his name. We've never gone to school for counseling. We're not professionals. We don't have degrees. And that's all we do. We've been to the degree in the school in the University of Our Lady. We give people God. And you can't give people God unless you've been given God. Our Lady's here just for that. To give us her son. Some people are too cool for that. They don't really want that. At least they say they don't. I was talking with somebody today said somebody didn't want to be here. They'd rather be somewhere else. Then they asked about Christmas in the field. And they asked the other youth, is it any good? He says, yeah, it's pretty good. He says, you've been here a lot? He says, yeah. The other guy didn't know it was my son. But see, well, I really want to go home. Does he really want to go home? Does he really want to not miss Christmas in the field? Milka was too cool on the first day of the apparition. The only apparition she had of the mother of God. She appears in this beautiful dress. Milka's too cool for it. She didn't want the kids to know what she was thinking, so she says, look at that stupid dress that woman's got on. Can you imagine saying that about the mother of God? She didn't know it was an apparition. But she told me, or you might want to say she confessed to me that inside of her she was saying, that's a really pretty dress that lady's got on. But she was too cool. So we got too many people too cool for God. And they'll end up where it's hot if they don't change. Our lady talked about the ego. Let go of your ego. When you give over everything, you surrender. Everything is yours. I don't care if somebody gets ahead of me. I don't care if they're known. I don't care. This, this is in the movement. All I ever wanted to do was have my little magic in my family. That's all. I didn't care about doing this. I never have. That's why I don't sign a family magic order. People get mad and say, you should sign it. That's a lie. They want me to sign it because they want to say, oh, he's just trying to make a name for himself. I got their number. <laughs> they got nothing to say now because it is known around the world and I don't care about being known and God makes you more known because of that if you want to be used you have to be an empty vessel devoid of self and interest I was with Maria in Italy when she received the message that was very difficult, actually, to translate. I had even talked to Paolo about how to understand it from Croatian and Italian into English. It was a message where he says, go through life without an interest. Hmm? Because it's hard. Who did that? You? Yeah. She's got interest in goats. She loves goats. You're not supposed to have interest in goats. That's not what he's saying. You've got things, you've got hobbies, you've got things, you can have interest in that. 
But it's when that interest supplants God. It's when that interest is above God's needs. I just said something incredible, and she don't get into theology very much, but she said, sins of omission. Do we admit God? Do we not do what we know we should do because we don't want to just do it or we're lazy? We got something we prefer instead? Sins of omission. We don't talk about that. We understand sins of commission. We're always committing that sin or this sin. But simply because we don't do that. Our lady's matureness enough now in our walk to be apostles is not so much what you commit as what you omit. What are you not doing that you know you should be doing? It's not like the daily communicants. Sometimes they get so righteous. I go to Mass. I go to Mass with a cuss as soon as they come out. That don't guarantee anything. What are you admitting in your walk of holiness? Because it's inconvenient. Or you don't want to do it. And so when we see the decaying of the culture, the decaying of our investments, the decaying of our home's value going from what we had to half of what we have, have hope. Have hope because it starts you thinking another path that's going to be good for you. Surrender your future to me. Did she say future? No. She surrendered everything. Surrender your promise to me. But I say future to me in place of a lady's words because she says, your only future is Jesus. There is no other future. The political correctness of the crosses not being up or on the side of the roads or in the cemeteries. It's something to contemplate to think that non-believers that were stepping off that beach, and we learned of an incredible story while we were there on the beaches of Normandy. The 14-year-olds were underage to be fighting, so they put them on the boats that came in to the beaches. And their job was when one of the soldiers was shot, they had to push them off in four foot of water. And one 14-year-old never forgot the rest of his life. He was tormented that a soldier was shot. He knew he wouldn't be able to stand up in the water, and he'd drown. And he had to put this guy off that boat. And the guy's begging, please, please don't do this to me. And he couldn't sleep after that. The rest of his life he's tormented by that. So Our Lady takes us places and do things and opens doors for us and see and exposes things as her apostles in ways that never could be imagined. Our Lady has people in your path, in your future. She wants to cross. Literally cross your path because of the cross they may be carrying. Will you be there well, you have lived the message enough to tell them what to say. You as her extended hands, there's people out there that need you. And you may pass them by. You may omit it. You may be so busy you don't stop to think about it. And then later that night, you say, oh, I should have done this. How many should have done this things you do every day? Think about it. I still do this. I wish I'd done this. Why didn't I do that? Why didn't I stop to take the time to do that? Most of it was a sin of omission because I didn't want to do it or I'm busy. On these trips, you talk to people repeatedly. They all, everybody wants to meet you. And you go this and you go eat. and you, go, you eat, like Maria said in Ecuador, we eat all the time like we're at a wedding banquet. You know, everybody's doing the best food for you. You know, I just wanted a piece of bread. But you eat like kings. 
but you never stop. And I told our community members that, you know, we don't own ourselves. We don't own our own time. And they gave the message that the way she offers is a bitter way, but contains every sweetness. You'll learn the love of people who continue to go on giving of themselves to me. Ronald Reagan, when he was shot, met John Paul after he was shot. They both concluded to each other and confided to each other that their individual conclusions was that God owned them in a new way. Ronald Reagan, especially the Pope, was half, you know, halfway there. He was mostly there. But that Ronald Reagan knew the rest of his life was no longer his, but to God. Everything he did was for God. Some incredible readings in his diary, some of the things he came up with. He was a man with an appointment, a destiny of history to be with John Paul to bring down communism. But your role is just as big. Because there's something bigger than communism that he wants to rid the world of. She wants to change it, and she wants to save it. And she says, January 25th, 1987, God has a special plan for the salvation of the world. He has chosen you. You must pray to comprehend what your role is in God's design. You cannot comprehend how great your role is in God's plans. It's that big. And we always underestimate it. Our lady exposes us to things in ways that impel us to do what we have to do in our ways. So here, while you're on these grounds, reconsecrate yourself to Our Lady in a way that you've never done before, even if you've done it, in a way that you realize what she said January 1st, 2001. Now when Satan is unchained, consecrate yourself to me. That's your only protection. There's nothing else you can do. Your bank account, your guns, your government, your welfare, nothing can help you in this age except consecrating yourself, putting your ownership of your whole being to Our Lady, to Jesus. That's your protection against the devil. And when you do that, you'll be used in ways that January 25th, 87 said, you cannot comprehend the greatness of your role in God's plans. Do you want to do that? Do you accept that? Do you reject that? To accept it is to accept the cross. To reject it is to reject the cross. And perhaps it'll be your grave that won't be protected from sacrilege. When so many crosses are rejected, nowhere else is this safe. That was a friend of Medjugorje, December the 10th, 2011. Hearing the words that he has spoken to us tonight, it's very clear that these are not things that you can learn in a book. They're not things that you can learn at a seminar, even in a homily. What you have heard a friend of Medjugorje speak about tonight is real-life experience that he has gained through living the messages, through giving his life completely to Our Lady. And those are the words which guide all of us closer to Our Lady. And so, to conclude here again is a friend of Medjugorje, December the 10th, 2011. In Italy, they passed a law 
actually a woman said she didn't want any crucifixes. All public schools, everything in Italy has crucifixes. A woman complained that she didn't want to have it there. They took it to Hague above the courts of Italy, which is a complete error in and of itself to go to another country to rule over your country. And the Hague courts basically ruled that she was owed something and that they have to do something according that way. But the point I'm making is they can't put crucifixes up in Italy now. They're not supposed to be doing this anymore. Why ain't they taking to the streets? There's things we're thinking about how to structure society in the future where they can't take that away from us, and that's too premature, even at this late date, to bring that out, but we're looking at stuff. There's things can be done. But it can't be done until in your home you put the cross as central. You accept the cross on your shoulder. We keep rejecting it. We're rejecting everything God's given us to save us. Because only through the cross can we be saved. And in the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Mary, we count our blessings that you have come to us. Today you descended upon the earth. And we look out, all the people shopping these days, busy, going on with life as never before, eating and drinking and being merry right up to the time of the flood, the same spirit. Such a lack of reflection. While many do know things are up, they don't go enough in depth that they're thinking to realize we're approaching a dead wall. Because what you've given us, we want to say thank you. Thank you that we're here. Thank you that you've been here. Thank you that you're on the earth. And thank you that you've made yourself known to us in a special way, that we've come to understand you, not in fullness, but just in a small, minute way that overwhelms us with your goodness that God has sent and his goodness and love you to save the world. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Please continue to visit us each day and be with us for the remainder of this retreat in a special way. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, our life, our sweetness, and our hope, to thee do we cry out, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send out our sighs, mourning and weeping in the valley of tears. Turn this most gracious advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us. And after this our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, the Holy Mother of God. Most sacred heart of Jesus. Most sacred heart of Jesus. Most sacred heart of Jesus. Our Lady Queen of Peace and Reconciliation. The subject matter contained in this presentation is based on biblical principles and designed to give you accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject matter covered. 
It is provided with the understanding that neither the presenter nor the broadcaster is engaged to render legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Since your situation is fact-dependent, you may wish to additionally seek the services of an appropriately licensed legal, accounting, real estate, or investment professional. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.